Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Beat the House with your host, Justin Everett here, a.k.a. Smooth underscore uh, 702, also known on Twitter. And, you know, got another, you know, jam-packed show for Friday uh, with you guys wrapping up the week here. Uh, pretty excited about this one is episode 20. You know, so it's a, a pretty cool, you know, milestone, early milestone for the show here uh, with the 20th show. Um so pretty good numbers, pretty good feedback. We want to continue to keep it going and continue to bring um, a unique handicap, you know, to the betting, uh, to the betting world, betting industry and our audience out there. You know, as we try to, you know, turn, uh, you know, look for profitable betting angles and edges to match using, you know, predictive stats and a, a unique way of looking at games and handicapping. So, um, you know, real excited about this show here. A uh, quick preview of it, you know, have three MLB best bets for Friday night. Um, a look into, you know, NFL preseason, you know, a couple of games for Friday and the rest coming over on the weekend for Saturday and Sunday. But something I'm really excited about that uh, happened, you know, um, for Thursday was the release of the NBA schedule. And, you know, one of the main reasons why I'm happy about that, excited about that, is because we're able to see, you know, the, uh, you know, where these teams rank at as far as easiest strength of schedule to a hardest strength of schedule. Um, able to go ahead and lock in and, uh, lock down some, uh, season, uh, win totals for some teams there that we previewed, um, about a month ago or so to, but just been waiting around to see, you know, what the, uh, where they would rank as far as, uh, uh, strength of schedule when the schedule is released. So now that we have that, you know, be able to get and in, get into that and, uh, uh, dive in, into a little bit more on the season win totals that we previewed a, a while back. But, um, before we get into the rest of the show, just going to, um, quickly remind you guys, if you haven't already, um, if you like the show, been following me for a minute or been following the show for a minute, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe over on Apple or Spotify, however you listen to the podcast and make sure you share it, you know, uh, shout me out on Twitter or X as it's called now. And let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of the picks. Let me know what you think of the topics. Uh, just let me know what you think overall. So, um, yeah, just do me a quick favor. If you like the show, like what you're hearing, been listening for a while. Don't forget to, you know, just uh, drop a rating or review and uh, subscribe to the show. Um, but without being said, uh, without being said and getting out the way, uh, let's go and get into, you know, the, uh, MLB best bets, you know, for Friday, uh, didn't have anything for Thursday, um, as it was just a five or six game card, um, didn't really see anything on the board that I like. So just took, uh, a day off and, you know, sometimes as needed just to refresh the mind and regroup, but going to dive right back in it for the Friday MLB card. Uh, with three bets and going to start with the first one here and going to go to um, the Braves and, and Giants matchup and going to look to the Braves team total over four and a half runs, currently minus 140 odds at DraftKings. So uh, shop around, you may be able to get uh, a better number laying the juice there. But you know, I like the Braves to go over this team total. Uh, like I, I said, you know, probably a million times on the show already, you know, the Braves have, you know, the best offense in the game. They rank first and weighted on base average at 379 and weighted runs created plus at 137. And they'll get to go up against a below average pitcher for the Giants and Alex Cobb getting the start. 
Uh, he doesn't have good numbers for overall for the season, and they're even worse over the last over his last eight starts uh, with the 4.75 ERA and a 5.32 FIP with an opponent batting average of 2.84. And Cobb also he just has a 12% strikeout to walk percentage with a 32% home run to fly ball percentage. So going up against this Braves team, whether you're an average pitcher, above average pitcher, or an elite pitcher, it's tough enough because one through nine, there's no weaknesses in this lineup. But when you have the numbers that Cobb has coming into this matchup, the Braves just eat up pitchers like this, especially in the first inning as you know they lead uh, baseball with scoring the most runs in the first inning. So I think this is an opportunity to cash four and a half team total on the Braves uh, runs, you know, pretty early in this game. If not, you know, they have the whole game or at least, you know, the first three, four or five innings or so to attack Cobb and to also get into that bullpen. So um, with Spencer Strider getting the start, laying, you know, the 200 number, um, I don't look to, you know, lay that much juice. Uh, on one game when it comes to baseball. So this is a, a better way to attack, uh, you know, games like this where you can, you know, just, uh, um, just, you know, lock in on, on one side. And I think this side with this matchup for the Braves, it works heavily in their favor. And, you know, we're laying something less than 150 for them to score, you know, five runs or more, something that they've done pretty easily, you know, especially at home against pitchers like Alex Cobb. So, uh, with the first best bet for Friday night, we're going to take the Braves team total over four and a half uh, runs, laying minus 140. Uh, second bet on the card here, going to stay in the same game. And I mentioned him already in Spencer Strider. Uh, we're going to look to play his strikeout props over eight and a half Ks. Uh, we're getting some plus money here, plus 115. And Spencer Strider, you know, over his last five starts, he's gone over nine strikeouts or more three times. Um, he obviously leads the league in strikeouts with 217. But, you know, he's leading the league in strikeouts with a pretty wide margin. You know, that's 30 more strikeouts than, you know, second place in Kevin Guzman, who had a, a really rough outing in our last bet that we have for the Blue Jays. Um, but not going to get into that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he has 30 more strikeouts you know, than second place. And over his last eight starts, he uh, has a 13.4 uh, strikeouts per nine innings. And the Giants, they also have the 11th highest strikeout percentage over the last third of this season. So uh, another key factor is, you know, Spencer Strider. You know, we had him to win the Cy Young out of the NL, you know, going back to the uh, going back to the All-Star break and a few starts into, you know, uh, coming out of the All-Star break. He ended up being the favorite. But he quickly, you know, fell out of the favorite role when he had the bad outing against the Pirates. Uh, but right now he's currently sitting at six to one odds here. So if he can come out and have a shutdown inning against a, a Giants team, you know, that's in a good position to make the wild card um, and have, you know, 10, uh, 10 strikeouts, 11, 12 strikeouts and just have a lights out dominant performance. I think he, you know, can really get back, you know, make a strong case of getting back in the thick of things here and, you know, winning the NL Cy Young while he'll put a lot of pressure, you know, on, you know, uh, Zach Gallen and Blake Snell to continue to perform at a high level as well. So 
Um, I think, you know, that's something that might be on his mind. You know, if it's something that he's going for, you know, to get the Cy Young, um, you know, he could come out and have a lights out performance and get right back into the mix here. So, um, you know, we have two solid best bets coming out of this Braves and Giants matchup and going to back Spencer Strider here over eight and a half strikeouts at some plus money at plus 115 currently on DraftKings. So, uh, moving along to the last bet on the card here for Friday, another team total bet, you know, going to take the Twins over four and a half runs, uh, minus 125 current odds on DraftKings over the Pirates. Uh, Pablo Lopez getting the start for Minnesota. And he'll be going up against Andre Jackson uh, for the Pirates. Uh, the Twins offense, you know, they ranked inside the top 10 and weighted on base average, uh, currently ninth. At 328th and also currently ninth and weighted runs created plus at 111. And now going against Andre Jackson, hasn't made a lot of starts in the majors, only one so far. So this will be his second start in the majors. Uh, hasn't put up any good numbers, has a 736 ERA with the 654 FIP and a 333 opponent batting average. And going back to his time in the minors, he was more of a reliever. He appeared in about 16, 17 games or so. He made four starts, but his numbers weren't any uh, you know, better there uh, with a 517 ERA and a 141 whip. So with this star for the Pirates, I don't think this is one of their top prospects that they're looking into next year as far as, you know, breaking the rotation or, you know, uh, being in the, uh, a relief situation out of the bullpen. Now, I just think that this is a start where the, the Pirates are just giving a lot of their uh, regular starters, you know, uh, some rest and some and uh, some time off as the season's winding down and, and just giving some young guys, you know, a shot or, and a look at the majors. So, you know, with his numbers, you know, he, he's not a, you know, a high quality prospect. So um, from the standpoint of, you know, calling up guys and giving them a start, it really doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, from that, you know, from that standpoint. So, you know, like I said, I just think, you know, this is a, a situation where the Pirates are in where, you know, they're going to, you know, give some of their guys a little bit more rest and a little bit more rotation in the rotation and uh, just calling up some guys that can uh, relieve them a little bit. And, you know, they're not going to the playoffs and they're not really, you know, playing for much. So uh, I think they're in a position to just give some young guys a look or give them a chance, you know, in the majors, see how it feels and, you know, see if, you know, they could, you know, see anything that they could work on or uh, could use going forward. But, you know, with his numbers going up against a, a hot team like the Twins right now over the last third of the season, you know, I expect them to do damage against against him like I expect the Braves to do damage against the Giants. So, you know, and he's a young guy going up against a pretty veteran lineup. Um, I think they'll welcome him to the majors, you know, pretty good by getting at least five runs off of him. So uh, going to back that team total with the Minnesota Twins over four and a half uh, runs there, minus 125. So uh, just a quick recap on the card. Going to have the Braves team total over four and a half, minus 140. Uh, Spencer Strider over eight and a half strikeouts at plus 115. And the Minnesota Twins uh, over four and a half runs, minus 125. Currently, all odds can be found at DraftKings. I also always can ch uh, encourage to uh, shop around and see if you can lay a better number, lay less juice, get more on the payback. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go with those three bets there in the baseball card. 
think they're really solid. Um, go two and or better, you know, I'll be pretty happy with that. You know, to close out uh, the week heading into the weekend. So uh, let's move over to the NFL preseason and talk a little bit about you know the games that's coming on the card for Friday night. Um, you know, I mentioned the I mentioned this team, you know, on the uh, Wednesday show as a, a spot that I was paying close attention to as they fit the mold for teams, you know, in going back to week one uh, with underdogs getting one to three points, went five and three ATS. And right now the Panthers, they're currently getting three points against the Giants. So I'm going to lean that way. Uh, more than likely, I'm going to back the Panthers there. A um, couple, you know, key factors why, you know, the Panthers, you know, they were shut out um, in week one against the Jets, I believe. And the offense just struggled a lot, you know, about Bryce Young getting his first live action in the NFL. Uh, didn't go as well, got hit a lot. Um, so I think Frank Wright and that offense and the uh, starters that will be available to play for the Panthers uh, in this game here. You know, I think they're going to be a little bit more motivated than the Giants as a team that's coming off of a year of going to the playoffs. Uh, they kind of already been through the routine and been through the mix. Uh, with their head coach and Brian Dayball, you know, they have a lot of guys uh, that are either going to sit or not play as much. Uh, a lot of starters and, and Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and a couple other guys uh, on defense as well. So I think the Panthers will be in a good position to be uh, motivated to put something good on film, you know, for week two of the preseason, um, you know, as it wraps up, you know, just one game left and trying to get as prepared as they can going into uh, the regular season because, you know, going back um, to a few seasons ago when preseason was adjusted to three games instead of four, you know, a lot of, of the starters or projected starters won't play in the final preseason game. So I think this is the best opportunity for the Panthers offense um, to put something good, you know, on tape um, in the preseason before they look uh, uh, look ahead and start getting ready, you know, for the uh, week one in the regular season there. So uh, guys like Matt Carroll, you know, should be able to come in and contribute as well once Bryce Young is done. But, uh, you know, this uh, first-string Panthers offense should be um, able to, you know, put some points up against, you know, the Giants defense where, you know, I don't expect them to play, you know, as hard or be as motivated or play a lot of their starters as they look to just try to come out of this game as healthy as they can be. So, you know, that's going to be the only play for uh, the Friday card in the preseason. Going to look to back the Panthers at a plus three over the Giants. So, you know, let's get to uh, – let's move on to the NBA schedule release. Um, like I stated before, I was really excited once this came out. I expected it to come out around the 16th or the 20th, um, and it has. So – a couple of key takeaways that, you know, I came away from that I took away from the schedule release is the Pacific Division. Uh, the NBA did not do any favors for the teams in the Pacific Division, as I think it's the toughest division in basketball. Uh, four of the five, you know, teams in that division are ranked inside the top 10, you know, for the hardest strength of schedules uh, with the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, the Kings and the Warriors. Uh, with the Kings winning the other uh, division last year. Um, so, uh, the Suns, the only team that caught a break there as they have, you know, one of the five easiest, uh, strength of schedules going into the season. So I think that's something, 
Um, that the new big three with uh, Durant, Booker, and Bill should be able to take advantage of. You know, Frank Vogel, new head coach over there, you know, has a bit of a defensive reputation. So, um, you know, they should, you know, catch a break um, with an easy schedule to kind of figure things out and work any kinks or chemistry issues out throughout the regular season as they have one of the easiest schedules. But, you know, getting back to talking a little bit about the Lakers now, Around free agency, you know, when they, uh, you know, made the moves that they did to keep their roster intact, you know, I, I felt that that was, you know, the only smart move that they can do as they were, you know, trying to work all season, you know, last year, you know, to put a team, you know, on the floor, you know, that had, you know, get a great chemistry and, and great fit and that can go out and win games and compete for championships and compete for a championship, um, you know, like they intended to do. Uh, when they traded for Westbrook. So um, they were able to do that, you know, once they, you know, traded Westbrook as well as some of those other players. Uh, but one thing that I overlooked, you know, once they went on their run, you know, the last third of the season last year uh, where they finished, you know, tied for the second best record and had, you know, one of the top two defenses and that carried them all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Um Biggest thing that I overlooked is that they also had the third easiest schedule. So once they got healthy and once they found some better uh, players that fit around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know, they were able to take advantage of a pretty weak schedule to finish uh, the, the final third of the season there. Um, you know, and it showed in their record, but more importantly, it showed in their defense. Uh, but now uh, for the 23-24 season, they have the ninth hardest schedule. So, I think, you know, I'll be paying, you know, real close attention uh, to the first, you know, a uh, third of the year there for the first 25, 27 games or so to kind of see where they stand there, because uh, that'll be pretty telling to me on, you know, um, you know, was it the right thing to bring back, you know, the roster that they have, you know, from that they finished with last year or, you know, will they be able or will they try to go out or should they go try to go out? And, you know, bring another star that fits with, um, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, and try to give them a little bit more firepower, a little bit more of a clear answer on who's the third best player on the team here. So they do have a lot of, you know, young and talented pieces around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But, you know, as we've seen over the last few years, you know, both of those guys have missed significant amount of time. Um you know, in both of the last seasons here. And, you know, they were able to get by, you know, last year at the end of the year with LeBron missing a lot of time. But I think that had to do with them facing, you know, one of the third, one of the three easiest remaining schedules. But I don't think they'll have any favors, you know, this year as they have the ninth hardest schedule uh, going into the season. So, you know, I'm leaning, you know, my stance has changed to lean to uh, play under the 48 and a half wins. And I think the odds makers kind of reflect in that. And um, I, I kind of agree with them as well as the juice is on the under at minus 140 as well. So uh, right now I lean towards under, you know, 48 and a half wins for the Lakers. But, you know, some other teams that I have my eyes on as well, uh, the Kings. Um, and with them coming out uh, with their schedule um, right now is the fourth hardest um, strength of schedule to start the season out. And I, I believe the odds makers are down on this team as well. 
You know, they won 48, 48, uh, 48 to, or 49 games and they won the Pacific. Um, but this year, you know, they opened up at 43 and a half wins. So the Kings, they also benefited from, you know, um, being one of the healthiest teams in the league. And they also benefited from being able to sneak up on teams and not a lot of teams, you know, taking them serious as they've been one of the seller dwellers uh, for a long time in the NBA. Um, but this year, I don't think they're going to be as uh, as fortunate as they were last year, especially when it comes to um, uh, sneaking up on teams. So I think that with them having, you know, the fourth hardest schedule, you know, going back to when we pre- uh, previewed some teams, you know, this was one of the teams that I was looking at and I was leaning towards the under on their season win total. And with their schedule coming out being the fourth hardest in the league, I'm going to go ahead and lock in that uh, Kings under 43 and a half. Uh, wins there at plus uh, 110 odds. Uh, and one of my other uh, teams that I was looking at and I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of monitor where their schedule came out was the Hornets. And this might end up being my best bet uh, to play the Hornets over 31 and a half wins minus 105 odds. Uh, their schedule, they came out with the 13th ranked schedule. So kind of close into the middle um, in terms of uh, average uh, but something I think the Hornets will benefit from this year is uh, they played all of last year without Miles Bridges while he was dealing with his off the court issues. Um, and he led them in scoring or, or was one of the top two scorers on the team uh, going back to a couple of years ago, averaging a slightly over 20 points a game. So he'll be back into the mix. And another thing that I think that hurt them last year is a Lamella ball. He missed a lot of time. Uh, he played like 25 or less games last year. And going back to two years ago, um, when he was pretty healthy um, and played majority of the season, uh, he was a, another, you know, 20 point per game scorer for them as well. And, you know, going back to last year, <clears throat> you know, they had the second hardest strength of schedule. And uh, two years ago, they had the 11th hardest strength of schedule. But, you know, like I said, those guys were a lot healthier and played majority of the season. And they were a playing team winning, you know, 43 games. And and last year when they had the second hardest schedule, when they missed those two guys, you know, for a majority of the year, you know, they won 27 games. So, you know, with them guys coming back healthy, uh, healthier, and also adding, you know, Brandon Miller, the number two pick in the draft, um, who averaged, you know, 20 points a game in college. Um, I think he's going to, you know, he has a, a legitimate chance to win a rookie of the year. Um, you're potentially adding, you know, three 20 point or 18 to 20 point scorers, you know, to a roster that already has some nice talent around it, you know, so this 31 and a half wins, you know, I think they go over that, you know, I think they get back into the mix of, you know, being a play in team with a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. You know, assuming these guys are, are healthier than they were, you know, last year. So, you know, I'm going to lock this in as um, one of my best bets, you know, season win total for the Hornets over 31 and a half wins, minus 105. So uh, the last team, you know, that stuck out to me, you know, going over the schedule, uh, paying attention to this team with the moves that they made in the offseason is the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you know, they had a great regular season. They finished with the fourth seed in the playoffs. Um, but I think they had a, a disappointing a first round exit to the Knicks. Um, but they get a second year with Donovan Mitchell. Um, Darius Garland, I think he's one of the, 
the better, you know, young, talented point guards in the league that doesn't get talked about nearly as much as I think he should. Maybe it's because he plays in Cleveland or maybe he just doesn't have that type of personality to command that type of attention. But his game is loud and he can he do a lot of great things with the basketball. And, um, you know, I like that backcourt with uh, with Garland and uh, Donovan Mitchell, especially, you know, with their second year together. But, you know, one of the biggest um, one of the biggest reasons why I'm high on this team is I expect, you know, Evan Mobley to take, you know, a big uh, a big leap in his third year um, on the offensive end as well as the defensive end with what he can do on the floor there. So and they also addressed, you know, some weaknesses, you know, in their roster last year uh, with shooting from the wing spot, you know, bringing in Max Strauss from the heat. And I think they have an underrated pick in uh, their second round pick in this past draft, Imani Bates. I know a lot of people have forgotten about him because he didn't have such a successful college career, you know, but he was, you know, one of the uh, top two ranked highest uh, high school prospects uh, going back a few years ago in that Chet Holmgren class. And uh, I think that he'll be able to provide, you know, um, you know, some type of scoring punch or some scoring power off the bench there. And he can maybe even work his way into a starting role, uh, depending on how well he can guard his position. But, you know, I think that they've improved this roster. And, you know, with their schedule coming out, they have the fifth easiest uh, schedule in the league. Um, so at 49 and a half wins, you know, I'm going to look to play them over, you know, minus 140. You know, as I think they also come into this season with a chip on their shoulder to get off to a good start. And I think, you know, they they have a legitimate uh, shot at, as being, you know, a team that finishes in the East with one of the three best records. So, um, I look to play the Cavs over uh, 49 and a half wins, uh, minus 140 odds at DraftKings. So uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Uh, a lot of stuff that we covered there. Uh, that'll wrap up the week, episode 20. Uh, a quick, you know, short milestone on our, you know, um, early growing stage of here at Beat the House. So uh, appreciate all the love and support, you know, the guys following and shouting me out for uh, helping me promote the show and, and all that stuff uh, means a lot to me means a ton uh, if you haven't already uh, make sure you go out and uh, subscribe download rate review share uh, the show and i wish you guys best of luck and i'll catch up with you uh, next week on monday